Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Big ticket ICOs may be on the way out. Good evening. I'm Mark Hochstein, and this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you the top stories from Friday, September 7th. The pioneer of the proof-of-stake consensus model has developed a new approach that he believes is more scalable. And crypto payments firm Wire has acquired a smart contract startup originally backed by investor Tim Draper. We'll also hear from Coindesk reporter Nick Day about some developments in the EOS network, That may be welcome news for developers on this young platform. But first, a word from our sponsor. Master financial technology online with the 10-week Oxford FinTech program. Interacting with an international cohort of business leaders and over 60 guest experts, you'll gain a practical introduction to key financial technologies and their business applications. Find out more at OxfordExecFinTech.com. Signs suggest that the era of big-number initial coin offerings, or ICOs, is coming to an end. At least that's the sentiment coming out of this week's Republican held in Manhattan. Republican that was not the political party, that was uh, the, the, the company republic, I should clarify. Indeed, July was a slow month, with Coindesk's ICO tracker showing that project founders didn't manage to break even a billion dollars in terms of their fundraising. However, there's still a lot of money trading hands. Well, everyone agrees that 2017 was the raucous year, with ICOs garnering huge sums of money based on what you could call our unrealistic expectations. 2018 topped last year's numbers by April. What does seem to be the case is that public-facing sales, that is, the kind of eye-popping fundraises like last year's Tezos token sale, are no longer the norm. As reported by Coindesk's Brady Dale, who was on the scene for the Republic event, Panelists and participants on the floor seem to share the opinion that a certain era of ICOs, the era of raising epic amounts of money with little more than a white paper, has come to an end. Sonny King is at it again. Known for creating the first proof-of-stake-based cryptocurrency, the pseudonymous developer is back with an idea that's sure to surprise. Adding hardware. 
proof of stake or POS has been heralded as a more ecologically sound way to come to consensus on blockchains, since it doesn't rely on expensive hardware using vast amounts of electricity to compute mathematical puzzles. Bitcoin, by contrast, utilizes proof of work. Proof of stake's ability to handle more scale has led to its adoption by various high-profile blockchain projects, including EOS, which we'll be talking about later in the program, Tezos, NEO, and Cardano. Apparently, the rule is you have to have an O in your project name if you use proof of stake. But according to Sonny King, by reworking the algorithm to allow for specialized hardware, proof of stake will be even better suited for high-speed transaction throughput. King told Coindesk, quote, I try to envision an era that blockchain is used widely in technology, unquote. Smart contract startup Hedgy has been snapped up by another company in the crypto space, Wire, and that's spelled Wire with a Y. While the financial details of the deal were not disclosed, Hedgy co-founder and CEO Matt Slater will join Wire, again with a Y, as an advisor. According to the company's founder, the deal will help Wire broaden the scope of the services it provides to crypto startups. Wire provides cross-border payments using Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and other cryptocurrencies to settle transactions. Specifically, acquiring a smart contract platform will help Wire provide a wider financial ecosystem to crypto startups, with access to financial instruments such as forward contracts, swaps, and more. Hedgy originally raised $1.2 million in 2015 in a bid to power a Bitcoin derivatives platform, drawing support from no less than an investor, Tim Draper. The most important conference in crypto is coming to Asia later this month. Coindesk's Consensus Conference lands in Singapore on September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore, September 19th and 20th. Register today at coindesk.com slash events. That's coindesk.com slash events. And now we're joined by Coindesk reporter Nick Day, who reported this morning on a significant change to the allocation of resources in the EOS network. Nick, what's going on here? Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. So EOS New York, one of the network's 21 block producers, announced yesterday that the... EOS New York, one of the network's 21 block producers, announced yesterday that 15 of the producers had agreed to lower the cost for creating a new account from 4 kibibytes to 3. And at the same time, new accounts will now receive 1,400 bytes of RAM for free when they're created. Let's take a step back here. A block producer, what, what, is that, what does that mean in the context of EOS? So the EOS block producers are elected entities that verify transactions on the network. Basically, they are the nodes, the validator nodes here that run the network. So they're the equivalent of the miners in Bitcoin. Exactly. And when you when we speak of the cost to set up an account, what what does that mean? Like the like, are you to set up an EOS account? Uh, you have to share your ban- your your uh, your computer computer space or something. So. Basically, my understanding is from the way the EOS protocol was set up, block producers get to charge for um, running, for creating a new network, running dApps, and you know providing basically both bandwidth and computer processing power to users and developers. 
So when a developer wants to create an account, they have to... Oh, so developers create right. accounts. Yeah, developer or user wants to create an account. Um, right now, it's largely developers that the um, producers seem to be targeting. And they create the account. They need to basically purchase this processing power uh, from the block producers, as well as purchase RAM, which is one of the components that uh, block producers use to run the network. And this is RAM, this is not RAM on a specific machine. This is like RAM for like the whole sort of collective enterprise of, of EOS. Right. Interesting. So so what brought about this change? Uh, in their explanation, EOS New York said that they were looking to essentially kind of future proof the network a little bit by making it cheaper for developers and users to create new accounts. Essentially, what they want to do is encourage developers to create accounts on behalf of users. And to do that, they're hoping that if, you know, with this lower price, they'll be able to do it, you know, in mass. Interesting. So so they're looking for, for, for the developers to sort of bring in the users for them? Is that like the u developers to be sort of, that the developers will sort of be evangelists, that they'll create apps that'll bring in the users? Is that the, the concept? Exactly. And in their post, EOS New York went so far as to note that some users maybe will one day be using Adapt that... Uh, they'll find online somehow, but they won't necessarily even recognize that they're using a blockchain protocol or that they're using EOS specifically. So basically, a, a DAP developer would create, you know, a game or whatever project they're working on and market it and bring in users. And users would have their own experience. And as far as they're concerned, it's just the same as if they're playing any other game, uh, kind of game online where, you know, they don't even need to know that they're using a blockchain specifically. Interesting. And and I, I think like we have to sort of uh, zoom out the lens here um, and ask, uh, like like we have to ask with pretty much any blockchain project, I mean, why, why, why do this on a blockchain? I mean, we have video games, uh, you know, plenty of video games that we can play and, on our computers. Um, what is, what is the, uh, what 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 is the 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 purpose of running these games or these DApps uh, on on this uh, sort of distributed network? So, I can't speak to EOS specifically, but as you said, zooming out a bit, a lot of developers want to just kind of create this idea of a decentralized internet where they're not reliant on specific entities to, um, you know, run their games or to allow access to their games. And by doing it through something like EOS or Ethereum, which is another popular DAP platform right now, um, you know, they're kind of essentially assuring themselves and assuring their audience, so to speak, that they're never going to lose access just because, you know, they fall in the foul of some terms and conditions somehow. Yes, yes, terms and conditions. Those are those are those are those are three of the most chilling words on the internet. Well, we've been covering EOS very closely since before the launch, and we'll continue to uh, monitor this uh, very uh, valuable or expensive, if you will, blockchain uh, as as these things develop. Nick, thank you very much. Thank you. Late confirmation is brought to you by Oxford University's Said Business School. You can now study fintech entirely online with Oxford University's Said Business School. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. 
You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services, and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive intra- and entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and instructional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com. For more on today's stories, check out Coindesk.com. And while you're there, you should sign up for our newsletters. We've got a wide variety of newsletters now. We've got our daily newsletter, Blockchain Bytes. We have our markets newsletter. If you're a trader, if you like charts, it gets really deep into the weeds on that stuff. And then there's Coindesk Weekly, which is sort of your laid back, uh, long read type of, type of newsletter if you're into that kind of thing. You can find us on Twitter at Coindesk. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Coindesk, I'm Mark Hochstein. This has been Late Confirmation. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.